Good morning and welcome to a special edition of the Sacred Heart Hour on the Solemnity Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus on this Friday, June 15th. I'm Bill Messerly and joined in the studio with Emily Jaminette, the Executive Director for the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network. The stars of the Sacred Heart Hour, Father Stosh Daly and Chuck and Joanne Wilson aren't with us this morning, but they will be back first Friday in July, so bear with us. Joining us in just a moment will be Father Jonathan Wilson, pastor of St. Paul the Apostle Parish in Western will tell us a little bit about this special feast day, the Sacred Heart, the Solemnity Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and about a Eucharistic procession and many Eucharistic processions around the Diocese of Columbus. But as we begin this hour, Emily, can you begin us with a prayer? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sins, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops, of all the apostles of prayer, in particular for those recommended by the Holy Father this month. Amen. Amen. What a great way to start this Solemnity Feast. Father Wilson, we have you online. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Emily. Good morning. You are roaming around Columbus. Where are you at? <laughs> I'm pulled over sitting in a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You can concentrate a little bit. But what yeah. a beautiful day, the Solemnity Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Tell us a little bit about this feast and why it's special to you. Well, it is, it is such a great feast, the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And, uh, you know, it's a feast in many respects to the person of Jesus Christ, and it's an opportunity for us uh, to focus on him in, in a very unique way, particularly um, his heart. Uh, and his heart is such a powerful symbol uh, because we know that God is love, uh, and nothing more perfectly uh, reflects and reveals that love. Uh, one moment, sorry about that, uh, is other than... Uh, than his heart, the image of his heart. And so with that, um, it's, yes, that's, I think that's what kind of makes it unique and special. Um, it also falls, of course, during the month of June, and so we honor the entire month of June as uh, the month of the Sacred Heart, and so it's kind of a high point uh, in that sense of this entire uh, month that we devote in a special way uh, to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Father Wilson, I've heard the Sacred Heart referred to as the vessel of God's divine love. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah, and, they, and I think again, uh, the, the Latin the Latin word you know for for heart is core, um, and we get the English word core like the core of a person, um, and the the core of of Jesus, of course, the eternal Son of God, um, is love. Right? Uh, he is love incarnate, and so. So his heart, again, uh, is, is the vessel of God's love, his heart that was pierced on the cross, blood and water poured forth uh, from his heart. He gave everything for our salvation, uh, that heart which is from which the Church uh, originates, the heart from which all the sacraments flow, uh, the heart from which all life comes from. Uh, and so his heart, truly uh, the vessel of God's love uh, in our world that so longs to know that love. And the Sacred Heart is uh, um, associated with, many times, not just associated with, it is the Eucharistic Lord as well. Tell us about that connection. Well, traditionally, uh, as I understand it, there was uh, the Feast of Corpus Christi is, uh, is on a Thursday, 
uh, and you had an octave of Corpus Christi, so the feast that we celebrate the body and blood of Christ, um, and that octave uh, would have ended then yesterday uh, in the traditional calendar, and then the Feast of the Sacred Heart, the Friday just after that octave is complete. So it's also a strong connection between the Eucharist, where we celebrate, uh, as we did this last Sunday, Jesus' real presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity, um, and the Sacred Heart now on the Friday after uh, the Solemnity of Corpus Christi. And so, yes, it, it, some people say they're one and the same devotion. Um, it is uh, Jesus' heart is present fully, of course, in the Eucharist, and we encounter his heart uh, in that special way. Many of the Eucharistic miracles uh, connect the real heart of Jesus with the Eucharist. Uh, Lenciano, Italy, uh, where a priest who was a, had doubts of the real presence of Jesus Christ, and the Eucharist became flesh, and in the studies show that that was a heart muscle. Um, I don't know if you have your favorite Eucharistic miracle, but uh, one of my favorite Eucharistic miracles is that miracle of a priest in doubt who was confirmed yeah. in the real presence. Yeah, well, and again, um, the, the Lord gives us these remarkable signs uh, because He knows that we need them, um, and, and they are a boost to our faith. The, the Eucharistic miracles we have, uh, I'm sure you know the story of Blessed Carlo Cutis, the uh, recently beatified Italian teenager who died of cancer um, not long ago, uh, and had, he had a great devotion to the Eucharistic miracles and a desire to share them, and as a young man, uh, wrote the code for a website so that people all over the world could access and learn about these approved, uh, documented Eucharistic miracles to build our faith. And yes, uh, these miracles, particularly as you mentioned, um, the, the gift of modern science that helps us identify uh, the, the very nature of the flesh in this case, from a heart muscle, a human heart muscle, uh, is a powerful affirmation of the connection uh, of the sacred heart of Jesus uh, and the Eucharistic heart of Jesus being, in one sense, one and the same. Well, as we uh, celebrate this solemnity feast of the, the sacred heart of Jesus, you mentioned Blessed Carlo, who actually got involved, and one of the ways to get involved is with Eucharistic processions. St. Paul the Apostle Parish had a large, large Eucharistic procession, beautiful Eucharistic procession, uh, last weekend. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it was a very special day, and uh, our, our bishop, Bishop Fernandez, had a very beautiful uh, initiative. So, uh, as you know, we're in part of, uh, we're in a, a three-year um, journey called the Eucharistic Revival. It's a national effort. Uh, by the bishops of the United States to promote greater devotion, greater faith in Jesus, uh, in the Holy Eucharist, His real presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And our bishop, uh, our bishop Fernandez, as part of this effort, uh, had nine uh, Eucharistic processions over nine days uh, in various parts of our diocese, and we were honored to host the, the ninth and final procession at St. Paul. Uh, last Saturday it was a beautiful day. The weather was perfect. Uh, a procession is 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 just that. It is the, the in this case the bishop uh, with his people leading his flock, carrying uh, the Eucharist, uh, the Lord in in the monstrance, so that He is visible to us, um, and and processing around. And and we followed the bishop. And in that sense, it was a very powerful experience of following Jesus. Jesus says, "Come, follow me." And in the Eucharistic procession, you literally have that, that experience of following uh, the Lord. It, it's a rich experience on so many levels. Uh, it's 
at least a 700-year tradition uh, in the Church, uh, and it's something that uh, hopefully we'll continue to rediscover uh, the richness. But I'm grateful for our bishop uh, for, in many respects, reintroducing so many uh, to this very special uh, kind of expression of our Catholic faith. Tonight, uh, there's a citywide Mass, the Sacred Heart, uh, at Sacred Heart Catholic Church on Hamlet Street uh, in the Victorian Village area, and there'll be a Eucharistic procession from uh, Sacred Heart Church to St. John the Baptist three blocks away. It's a, it's a quick procession, so it might be ideal for families, uh, so I encourage our listeners to, uh, to attend that beautiful service. starts at 6.30 p.m. Uh, Father Wilson at St. Paul, one of the things that struck me in the Eucharistic procession and, and the beauty of that Eucharistic procession is that it allows men and women to stand for their faith. I was in a faith-sharing group the week before, and one man had mentioned, I'm not sure what's going to happen uh, in a Eucharistic procession, because we're publicly saying, this is our Lord, and you could see that he was a little nervous. It is a little nerve-wracking to stand for the faith publicly, isn't it? In one sense, for sure. But the other sense, of course, uh, that sense of just how important it is, right? And, and I think there's a sense of solidarity and strength and encouragement. We encourage one another uh, in standing for the faith. Uh, and where would—I uh, wouldn't want to stand anywhere else, right, than mm-hmm. with the Lord and with those who are seeking to follow Him. Uh, and, and the procession is a powerful way uh, to do that. There's so many people who do want to express their voice, do want to— if you will, take a stand. Uh, and this is, this is such a beautiful way because it's prayerful, it's peaceful, it's public, um, and, uh, and I'll just add powerful. Yeah, it certainly is powerful. You mentioned the weather. Uh, I can picture you holding up the monstrance facing the Catholic school at St. Paul right in front of the sign, and it made a big impression, I think, on everybody there, but especially for me, it is a time for us, especially in the educational systems, to be consistent and proud and clear about what we stand for. Did you feel that kind of special moment as well? I, I would say it was an incredible honor. So we, we journeyed around our campus. As you know, it's a large campus, and so we uh, all had the privilege, myself, the bishop, uh, Father Olvera, in having a moment of carrying uh, the Lord in the, in the monstrance. And in that sense of, of carrying him with my people, huge, powerful moment. And, you know, I thought as well, Bill, afterwards, as we, our procession was around the property, that I thought about Joshua uh, circling Jericho in that sense of claiming a space for the Lord. And our parishes are, of course, consecrated and claimed for the Lord, but I think we, we need to always reclaim that. And it felt very powerful as we processed around our entire campus, including our school, uh, unequivocally, uh, our campus, our parish, uh, is the Lord's. We've enthroned Him. Uh, we are consecrated to the Sacred Heart. Uh, it's His parish, uh, and uh, and that felt very much uh, an opportunity to express that truth and to uh, to strengthen that reality. You know, one of the things we talked about, Blessed Carlo, and how he got involved with Eucharistic miracles. There's a call out to uh, the St. Gabriel listening family if. Um, Somebody feels like they can solve this problem, but in a large Eucharistic procession like the one at St. Paul, 
the singing in the front doesn't match the singing in the back. <laughs> and if you're in the middle, like I was, I was torn. Um, so if there's a technological uh, advancement that can help us all sing together, I just don't know how to, to do that. Have you experienced how that could be more effectively done in a very large procession? <laughs> I'm just laughing. Yeah, I think I think we are uh, we're learning. That's a beautiful thing. One of the one of the uh, religious sisters afterwards had commented to me about that, and I think we have a desire to sing together. So uh, I'm thinking that we could probably harness the miracle of uh, modern <laughs> technology in some way uh, to do that. And uh, I don't have any answers, Bill, but let's, <laughs> let's think about it for next year. Yeah, no, I I, um, I didn't know what, which uh, cadence to follow, so I, I felt a little yeah. torn. So I started yeah. mumbling a little bit more, maybe more <laughs> humming at, at, a, at a moment. But uh, Father Wilson, I can't thank you enough for your pastoral leadership at St. Paul the Apostle Parish, one of the largest parishes in our diocese. The amazing thing, as you mentioned, the, the nine other Eucharistic processions, uh, there was a Eucharistic procession in Zanesville at St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, Holy Redeemer in Portsmouth, St. Vincent de Paul in Mount Vernon, St. Peter in Columbus, St. Margaret to Cortona in Columbus, uh, the Basilica of St. Mary's the Assumption in Lancaster, uh, St. Joseph Cathedral, and of course a huge Eucharistic procession at St. Leo the Great Oratory. I understand that that might be uh, one of the largest ones as well as the one at St. Paul, but what a beautiful expression of our love of Jesus in the Eucharist, and you can participate in that tonight in a citywide Mass at Sacred Heart Catholic Church on Hamlet Street in downtown Columbus. That Mass starts at 6.30, so get there early, and uh, then you can process uh, three blocks in a Eucharistic procession to St. John the Baptist, and then afterwards there'll be a lot of conversation in food. Father Wilson, I can't thank you enough for joining us this morning. I know that you have a busy day ahead of you, and we called at the last moment. Um, but thanks again for all that you do for our faith and for being such a great leader of, uh, of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Well, thank you, Bill. Thank you, Emily. Thanks for uh, honoring this very special day, and, and I look forward to hopefully tuning in for the rest of the program as much as I can. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. <clears throat> God bless. God bless you. Emily, you are the executive director for the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network, and you have a daunting task. Your task is to help people draw closer to the love of Jesus and the Sacred Heart. One of the ways to do that is through the enthronement. And if uh, our listener is new to the enthronement, tell us a little bit about the Sacred Heart, how it started, and what enthronement is. Sure. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's a privilege. It's a privilege, each one of us, to do all that we can to promote the love of Christ. And one way to access new grace, new beginning in your family, um, per spiritual protection is through the enthronement of the Sacred Heart, building that covenant of love with our Lord and Savior and asking him into our place of dwelling. It's not just a ritual or, or a nicety, it's really impactful. It's spiritual impactful. And so I thought I would start with a beautiful quote from um, our dearly beloved uh, Father Stosh Daly, who, when when he said these words, I know it really resonated with me, and I'm sure it did with you, as he said, the Lord in his mercy and love seeks to liberate each one of us from the chains that bind us in our day-to-day -day lives, and indeed, it is only the Lord who can truly liberate us from whatever keeps us down in this life. Mm. And read, I, read that again, because I, that's I think powerful. It's, yes, it's so powerful to think of the enthronement, the ceremony we're going to talk about in light of this. He says, the Lord in his mercy and love seeks to liberate each one of us from the chains 
that bind us in our day-to-day lives. And indeed, it is only the Lord who can truly liberate us from whatever keeps us down. Now, welcome the welcome Jesus into your home as King, Savior, and friend. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think that it's a place to ponder. It's a place to say, where do I need this freedom that Jesus offers us? And we, we read about um, in the Bible, uh, especially the scriptures, and he reveals his heart to us. He reveals his love to us. But what he, you realize is it's personal. You know, what do I need now? And then yet the covenant, the um, enthronement is more than just, you know, me and my heart. It is me stepping forward with my family on behalf of my family, seeking to um, allow the Lord to bring about this amazing um, transformation of society. So I, I see it personal. I see it um, impacting families and then also impacting greater society and it makes me, um, you know, as we talk each week about the twelve promises, and each month we love those twelve promises, yeah. don't we? Don't yeah. we, Bill? Those those twelve promises were given to us three hundred and fifty years ago from um, Jesus to Saint Margaret Mary, and the promise in which is easiest to fulfill is the ninth promise, I believe, where Jesus um, reveals that I would bless every place in which the image of my heart is exposed and honored. So. The enthronement fulfills that to an even higher degree because we're not just honoring him, but we're building a covenant of love. You know, Father Stosh talks about liberation, and you read his beautiful quote, liberation from the chains that bind us. Unless we look interiorly and really take time and pause in our in our world to think about where we really stand and where we stand in front of God and in his eyes. And many of the saints have had that experience where they see their soul the way God would see their soul. And that's a great way for us to really see what needs to be liberated. You have a, a lot of experiences of families and individuals enthroning their home to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And you see that through their testimonies later about how they were liberated and how the spiritual furniture, as Father Stosh would say, how the spiritual furniture was rearranged. Tell us a little bit about some of those stories where you saw that transformation. Well, I, I'm a little emotional because it's, it's beautiful work, right? It's, it's touching the intangible and bringing hope and healing and grace to families. And each story is personal. Each, you know, as I recently have been reaching out to people asking for their stories, what I what I see is it's it's small shifts make huge change. You know, if it's reconciliation, if it's identifying, you know, doing that inner glance and, and recognizing what's what needs to change in your heart mm-hmm. or what needs to change in the culture of our home, um, you know, and then also getting seeking the Lord's grace. And um, I, I, a lot of times people will say, "Will you pray for me?" You know, I'm going through the enthronement, and initially it's you know, this is a good thing to do. We should do this. We're Catholic. We want to have the image. We want to we want to build this covenant of love with Jesus. But the follow-up is so much deeper because it's a lot of times they'll say, I didn't realize. I didn't realize. And and we all have that moment where we didn't realize that maybe we were two feet in muck and we, we thought that we just had gotten used to the way we were relating. Maybe we weren't cherishing those in our life. Maybe we didn't realize that you know, the um, the counterfeits to love, we loved more or too much. We were clinging to our to our addictions. We were clinging to 
um, even fear and anxiety and stress and letting the voice of the world overwhelm us. And so what's such a privilege about the work we do and welcome his heart and stepping forward is more and more I see the hope of Christ. Slowly, gently, as he tells us his heart is meek and humble, entering in. And that to me is how the kingdom spreads. And that's to me um, such a a sign that Jesus is with us. And, you know, one of the the quotes that um, Jesus told St. Margaret Mary is he said, I will reign through my heart despite Satan and his agents, in spite of all those who oppose this devotion. So I think it's important to know that Yes, the world is opposing our family unit. The Lord, the the world, quote unquote, Satan does not love what we love. But Jesus is saying, but I I shall reign. Like we shall be triumphal. You know, we should move forward. So to me, the enthronement um, is, I love to use the analogy. It's like putting the garage door down every night, but spiritually. (laughs) And a lot of times, you know, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll see that that child that came in late, didn't put the garage door down and you're like, oh no, how long has this been up? You know, we didn't lock the garage, you know, but spiritually you you need to have your doors locked. You need to have your, your garage door down. You need to know that, that, um, we don't want to partner with anything that's not of the Lord. You know, said that these are simple, um, decisions that you make, but I think that they're fulcrum moments. They are moments where the standard is raised. So in the, in the secular world, we'd call it a standard raised. You have a sports team. They've been terrible for years. A new coach comes in and says, now I'm drawing the line. We're going to be excellent. We're going to do things differently. I'm thinking back to my high school years where we had a one in nine, one win, nine losses. And then the next year, uh, we flipped that. And the way we flipped that is the coach said, we're going to have a new standard as a new coach. And we actually carried cinder blocks around the track that first practice and it was very clear that there's a new sheriff in town this is a little different because we're allowing christ who has that super abundant grace to blaze the trail for us is already seeking to bring us to that higher standard and this is not just a standard this is to a person a person who is the embodiment of our lord the creator of the universe so we are saying yes I'm going to buy into this. Lead me. So how does the enthronement actually happen practically? Well, I, I think that's a beautiful analogy. And a lot of times it's intimidating, but yet it's not because all we're doing is willing to be that vessel where the Lord comes through us, allows his love to come through us, and then to penetrate um, others, our relationships, our priorities. So as you mentioned in the very beginning, that spiritual shift, that transformation of priorities actually gives you freedom, joy, you know, more peace, the the attributes of the kingdom. So, you know, as you say, you know, what is the enthronement? The enthronement, um, again, is is seeking to to be liberated from the things that bind us down, building a covenant of love with the Lord. And it is as simple as placing the image up in a predominant place in the home, like St. Margaret Mary said. But the second part is honoring. So the enthronement was officially approved in the church in 1907 um, by uh, Father Matteo, presented it to the Holy Father. And the Holy Father at the time, uh, Pope Pius X, said, I don't only recommend this, but I command you to make this your life work, 
to promote the social reign of Jesus Christ. So I think I think that's very important that it's it's not something that that Bill made up or I made up or you know uh, a, a great gimmick on the internet. But how the enthronement is done is multiple ways. Um, we recommend the a, a beautiful self-directed enthronement um, at Welcome His Heart because we see that it meets all people where they are at, um, even internationally, uh, by ordering the materials, downloading the materials, and accessing the materials. We love when priests are invited. We love when you know you, you work with uh, friends and family and missionaries, and you have great celebrations. But don't let things little things prevent you from welcoming Christ into your home. So we love to say there are five simple steps, five easy steps. Um, choosing, we love the Sunday to do the enthronement. A number of families uh, I'm praying for right now are doing the enthronement today. Beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Um, what we want you to do is, as we began the segment talking about the Eucharist and the Sacred Heart, we want you to understand that this is all in one. This is the same devotion. This is this, you know, Jesus, the sacred heart should lead you closer to the Eucharistic heart of our Lord and um, be able to better appreciate and understand um, the Eucharist and and the gift of mass. The second is selecting an image, an image of respect, an image that leads you closer to Christ. Um, Very important, but his body needs to be outside of his body so that, I mean, his heart so that we can meditate on how much love he has for us, that flame of love that that is pouring forth um, from the sacred heart image, and um, the third, a predominant place, a place you know the back storage room is not the best place for the sacred heart. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I you might have one in your laundry room because that might be a place you need two images, but but making sure it's in a place that the family can see this is our standard. Jesus is welcomed here. Um, fourth, preparing your heart. We recommend three days of preparation. Father Matteo, um, in the early 1900s, he also recommended um, this idea, tritium, three days. Also, uh, a novena, you could pray nine days. You can pray more days. But what I found, Bill, is that what's nice about three days is you're focused for those three days to begin the new beginning of your enthronement and life beyond that. A lot of times we can get stuck in the weeds if it's diet, exercise, lifestyle change, where we never actually meet the goal because those first steps were so intimidating. So three days of preparation. Some families, it's today's the day we, we shall honor the Lord after that. And um, and then making the enthronement ceremony a celebration, recognizing this is a beautiful thing in your family. It might be followed up by a family meal, might be followed up by having others over. It might just be you with the image and, and some images of your family members surrounding you to remember your parents, your loved ones, and all those that you represent when we recite the words of Joshua, you know, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Mm. Uh, our staff is um, meeting daily uh, starting this last Tuesday and reconsecrating ourselves to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, or to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, uh, through 33 days of morning glory. And one of the first readings reminded us that um, the first step is to renounce Satan, our baptismal promise, and to rededicate ourselves to our Lord. So renounce the lies of the devil and the devil, and that's part of the process, isn't it? To You're finding, and I've found as well in those homes that are they're enthroned, there is somebody that has been touched by our Lord to start this process. They've been nudged to say, this isn't 
this isn't a godly house yet. I know we're not going to get there tomorrow, maybe not ever, but we need to begin something new. And so God has kind of planted that seed in them, and he, again, will blaze the trail with superabundant grace. But that first step is follow that nudge, renounce Satan, and then just trust that our Lord will show up if we show up. Ah, That's beautiful. I'm really glad you said that because Jesus promised that he would give us all the graces necessary for our state in life. And a lot of times we don't even know what our state in life is, where we need those graces to penetrate our heart, our relationships, and change the culture within our very own home. Um, I've seen this play out day in and day out. I've heard um, even businesses of, of schools, you know, saying, I had no idea. That's usually, I had no idea. I had no idea that the Lord would do this. I had no idea that um, even financial changes and shifts, you know, maybe uh, the decisions we were, things we were spending money on a year ago don't even make sense anymore. Or the career, you know, it's, 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 it's not, you know, so I love that he's so personal. He's a personal God that meets us where we're at and then leads us to, to the path of salvation. So I, I love our Catholic faith because it's meant to permeate all the aspects of our life, including the intimate place of our very own home. You're listening to Emily Jaminat, the Executive Director for the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network. You can order your enthronement packet at welcomeisheart.com, welcomeisheart.com. Tonight, uh, there's going to be a citywide mass for this Solemnity Feast of the Sacred Heart at the Sacred Heart Catholic Church on Hamlet Street in the Victorian Village area. The mass starts at 6.30 p.m. And then after mass, there will be a Eucharistic procession three blocks away. So this is a very simple and easy Eucharistic procession, even if you have somebody in a wheelchair, you could push that uh, very easily. It might be ideal for families. So we want to have a lot of people at that Eucharistic procession. And then following the benediction at uh, St. John the Baptist, that three blocks away, there'll be a lot of conversation and food. And uh, let's make uh, our Lord a center part of our life today. And that's one practical thing you can do. But the other practical thing that you can do is order that package to enthrone your home to the Sacred Heart of Jesus at welcomeisheart.com. Emily, I know we're going to go to a break in here in just a few moments. We already heard from Father Jonathan Wilson, yourself. This is a special day for you personally, the the Solemnity Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, in a lot of different ways, but one of them is I'm looking at you in a new way. You have a bright red hat on with the Sacred Heart uh, blazoned on the front. I have never seen you that casual. (laughs) Well, I'm a little, you know, I wore it just because of this day. I've been wearing my Sacred Heart for a couple weeks now, I have a Sacred Heart t-shirt that we um, have at sacredheartrevival.com. And I started to see that, you know, I want to bring his heart to others. It's a beautiful conversation piece to be able to, you know, hand people prayer cards, maybe wear that 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 hat, that t-shirt, or, you know, go about evangelizing. And it's, um, to me, a reminder. It's a reminder that he wants his heart to be in every home, and he wants his heart to reign. Emily Jaminette will be back in just a few moments with a real practical experience. Jessica Schmidt will be here, and she's going to talk about what the Sacred Heart has meant for her family. She's gone through this process, so we'll be back in just a moment. 
God might not always like to bless us with health, wealth, and prosperity, but one thing He seems to enjoy lavishing on us is opportunities for trust. He's always been that way with the people He loves. He brings us into impossible situations so He can show us that He is the Savior. He did that with Moses. I know an army's behind you, Moses. I know there's a sea in front of you. Just keep running toward it. I'm going to do something really cool. <laughs> Are you in an impossible situation right now? Is your marriage overwhelming? Finances on rocky ground? Boss being a jerk? Friends failing you? You know, when you're at the end of your rope, you're at the beginning of God's rope. Handle your problems with prayer. We have a God who acts when we ask. And when we turn to Him with trust, we'll find that the greatest blessing He gives us in our trials is a soul that walks through life with a peace that surpasses understanding. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. It started like it does for many people, question my faith and question authority. And I feel that the reason why I left was the, the draw of the world. The world was pulling me away. Some people would say, you know, Satan would, you know, Satan was working on me. He did not want me in church. He wanted me to be desperate. He wanted me to have the thoughts of suicide. I started to realize that a lot of the things that I experienced in my life were a result of my rebellion against God and against authority. Coming back to the church is the first step in healing from all of the hurts of the world. I went from being desperate and in despair to finding hope and encouragement for, for the future. I'm on God's team. I, I know who I belong to and I know where I'm going and there's nothing that can separate me from God's love. Take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. And welcome back to this special edition of the Sacred Heart Hour on the Solemnity Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus on this Friday, June 15th. I'm Bill Messerly, joined in the studio by Emily Jaminat, the Executive Director of the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network. Emily's also the author of many books. She's here local, and she's written a new book, Ten Ways to Build Stronger and More Loving Relationships, Holy Habits from the Sacred Heart. Emily, before the break, we were talking about listening to Emily, or Jessica Schmidt. She'll be on the phone in just a few moments. But there are always obstacles, aren't they, in each one of these families that decide to enthrone their home to the Sacred Heart. It's not uh, all beds and roses and, and, uh, and an easy trail. <laughs> I, love, I love that. It's true. And, you know, I think about the words Father Mateo used to say, you know, make your home another Bethany where Jesus feels welcome to walk on in the front door. And we all have those moments where you think if Jesus walked through the front door, you know, it, it wouldn't be so good right now. You know, people are yelling, there's there's tension in the home, but that's exactly when he wants to be there is to calm the waters, to strengthen relationships. And the obstacles can be as simple as, well, my, my husband's not like that. My husband, I can barely get him to go to mass. I can barely get him to engage. And a lot of times, you know, that, that can feel intimidating. It can feel overwhelming. I hear that um, when I lead these retreats with women. But when we break it down a little bit and we say, you know, every Mother's Day, your spouse might say, I'll do anything. What, what do you want me to do? I'll mm. clean the garage. I'll, you know, take the kids. A lot of times I'll say to the women. You're a wily on this. <laughs> I see how you work. I'll, I'll encourage them to say, maybe make Mother's Day special through the enthronement because they love you. They want to honor you. 
And that might be the opportunity to open the door. Same thing with these important days like Christmas and Father's Day and Easter and, you know, renewing. So maybe um, Mm. beginning with something that means a lot to your family, that important day, and then stepping forward. But you don't need to be an uber 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 catholic to, no, to experience no. this is for all catholics and he's here to liberate us all right mm-hmm. he didn't come to to just help those who already have figured it out right in fact that's not the person he came for but a great idea so t- this sunday is father's day mm-hmm. men men you have the opportunity of a lifetime change your family you know tell your kids tell your wife when they say what can i do for you today hey what i'd like to do is that our, our family is going to be committed to enthroning our home to the Sacred Heart in the next 30 days. So that's what you can do. What a great—see, I knew that your wily ways would pay off well, for I, all of our listeners. Well, I have listeners. The own, my own negotiations, and I think it's important, too, Bill, you bring up a great point, is re-enthrone. You know, this Father's mm. Day, think of every Catholic family that listens to this program recommits mm-hmm. to the love of the Sacred Heart being welcomed in the home as king, lord, savior, brother, friend. I love protector and provider as well of the family. This is important stuff. You, you cannot live in this world without God's grace and protection and expect the great things that Jesus has for you. And men, our, our kids want us to lead, even though they might roll your, their eyes at you or myself. So this is a great opportunity, too, to, if you have an adult child— to say, I want you to enthrone your home mm-hmm. to the sacred heart of Jesus. If you're asking me what I would like and desire on my Father's Day, that's what I would like. So thank you for that that tip. Jessica is on the phone, Jessica Schmidt. She's a, on the leadership team for the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. Jessica, you've experienced this enthronement personally. Tell us all about it. Hi, thank you so much. Hi, Emily. Hi, Bill. Um, you know what? It was so funny. We were at the Women's Conference, um, and I think it was 2017, and I was with my friend Nora, and we're walking through the vendor halls, and we approach the Sacred Heart Enthronement um, area, and I go, oh, Nora, what is this? I've never heard of it before. And she goes, oh, you need to do this. Just pick up the packet. <laughs> and I'm like thinking, I'm like, oh, no, like, what is this? What am I getting into? I don't even know anything. Um, but her persistence paid off, and I uh, picked up the packet and went home. And boy, were we so happy that we enthroned our home! It was it was amazing. Um, so I came home. My husband hadn't heard of it either, so I explained to him. I was like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And he was like, "Yeah, we could do it." But um, through this enthronement. So many graces have just come to our family. Um, One thing in particular, a small story I wanted to share is my dad. So when we enthroned our home, we did a seven-day enthronement, and part of each day we had to pray a rosary, or we chose to pray a rosary. Uh, But my dad was coming in the middle of it, and I was. um, my dad and I had never prayed a rosary together. I was raised Catholic. He's a man of incredible faith. Um, And it was kind of, at first, a, a nervous conversation. Dad, we're enthroning our home to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. This is a little bit about the devotion, and we're going to be praying a family rosary. And my dad was like, okay, I used to pray a rosary growing up. I, I'll pray. I could pray with you. And so that first time we sat there, and I was so, you know, but Tom led us, my husband, in a, in a family rosary. 
And it sparked something in my dad and I's relationship that was just so beautiful. Uh, He, after that, started praying a daily rosary, and he hasn't missed a day, I don't think, since that enthronement. And now, every time we're together, we pray a rosary together, which has been such an unexpected grace that has come to our family um, and to our relationship. It was just so special. Wow. What a, what a what a special turn in your own relationship. And you were probably assuming that whole time that your dad was further along in his daily commitment than he was. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, it brought our entire family's commitment. I, I'd say my commitment to the rosary had increased because of the enthronement to the Sacred Heart. And same with my husband. Um, at the time, we had small children, three small children, all toddlers. And I just remember thinking, like, how is this going to work? Are we going to be able to do this? And, you know, we are just, they, through the grace of God, cooperated. We had this great family prayer time, and it just really encouraged us in our parenthood. Mm. Now, Jessica, did you have to practice saying that line? Honey, we are going to enthrone our home to the Sacred Heart, or or did you, or, or are you just, are you just a natural at uh, getting things moving? Well, I think it was it was definitely a conversation. Um, I, I wanted, if this was something that we were going to do, I thought it was extremely important to get my husband on board as well. And um, I wanted it to be a joint decision. But I think um, Jesus sells himself. And so I, he kind of gave me the seed to start that conversation, and he kind of took over. And um, we're just so happy to have our home and in, uh, enthroned. And it was funny, I was listening earlier, and now I have a spark. I need to re-enthrone our home. Um, that it was just said, and I was like, yes, I need to talk, talk to my husband about that, because um, it, I can't tell you how beautiful our family has been since our enthronement. And it's just, I think it's a perfect time to, to think about re-enthroning. Uh, Jessica, uh, Father Stosh talks about, and uh, Joanne Wilson talks about, moving the location, the prominent location of your Sacred Heart and Immaculate Heart images to kind of freshen things up when you re-enthrone. Interestingly, my wife and I are going to be re-enthroning our home in the next couple of weeks uh, during this month of June, the, the month of the Sacred Heart, and we've moved our images that were a little bit more hidden to the mantle above the fireplace, and that had always been the preeminent place for our family picture. We've moved that to the side. Not It's still very visible. It's still very, still very central. But that alone, just by putting those images in a new place, has really made a difference to me as I'm going through that family room to know that the real center of our home, although our, our children and our family are uh, integral to, to ourselves, that the Sacred Heart is the one thing in our home. Are you thinking about a new location, or are you going to keep them there, and you're already front and center, and it feels comfortable? Well, I am now. I hadn't thought about moving them, but I think that's a great idea. I also, I, I still have three younger children, and I think that um, it's important from a visual standpoint for them to see that importance. So I think I'm going to try to find a new spot. They're in a, they're in a nice spot now, but I, I have a few ideas. My wheels are turning. Mm. Were there any other uh, interior conversations that you had before that were uh, somewhat of an obstacle to your confidence in enthroning your home initially? I know that me as a parent, I think of the eye rolling. What about you? <laughs> well, when they were little, they didn't have a choice, so they were toddlers when we enthroned. So 
It wasn't, um, but I do think that there was some interiorly of me. I would doubt, like, um, at first I was like, well, what is this? Why would I do this? Um, And then it was like, well, not am I Catholic enough, but is this something, is this something only uber Catholics do, or is this devotion for anyone? And I would have those, like, little thoughts in my head kind of leading up to the conversation with Tom and afterwards, or he, I'm going to bring this to my husband, and is he really going to understand this? Is he going to think, wow, she's gone off the deep end? Or um, I I would just have those like little thoughts of doubt. And um, I'm so glad I persevered. Mm. Uh, And none of the things happened that I was playing out in my head. So that was, that was good, good to know. You know, Jessica, for myself, I think I felt hypocritical. I, I know my own sins. I know that uh, I am a sinner. And I think that's a good thing to recognize. You know, you as a Catholic radio listener, I think that's a good step that, yes, enthroning your home to the sacred heart, placing our Lord on the throne of authority in your home and saying he's your king, savior, brother, and friend, that's a big step. And you have to realize you're not the big big cheese. So I think that's a good thing to feel that way. And it shouldn't feel like that's an obstacle. You don't have to be perfect. In fact, if you feel imperfect, that's a perfect opportunity for you to enthrone your home. Absolutely. Well, and it's a reminder to, so in our homes, anytime that we're less than perfect, but then you make eye contact with that, with that, uh, in th- the uh, image and you're, it, I think it, it recenters me. And I said, wow, I might've lost my patience or I might not have been the best version of myself in that moment. And it's just a reminder and to, to do better. And that through Jesus, um, our family can do better. So, Jessica, one of the promises that Jesus gave us when we expose and honor the Sacred Heart image in our home is that he gives us graces in moments of difficulty. How has it helped you? Oh, I mean, how has that not helped me? I I think that uh, we've experienced challenges just like every family out there, and um, I know that through Jesus' Sacred Heart, that we have just, those graces have been given to us because of this devotion to help us through all of these challenges that have been coming our way. And I think if you look from a and what's going on in our nation right now, the protection, I feel protected because our home is enthroned to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And for my children, the, the things that they are experiencing or will experience out in the world, we desperately need that protection. Um, this culture is crazy, but I think the, the, the being under, under the sacred heart of Jesus in our home is just so important. Jessica, thanks so much for, for sharing such wisdom and, and such insight. And it, it makes me think about, you know, generations of the past for the last, you know, when Jesus requests that images be placed in the home 350 years ago, this December, you know, the, the apparitions began, it was a very foreign idea, obviously, to have an image of a heart, you know, Jesus' heart outside his body in the home. But we've seen generations of Catholics say yes to this and also to be blessed by this. And so I think what we're doing is we're allowing the Lord um, to reign in our homes, to make ourselves comfortable with this connection with our with our Lord. And, and yet, I also love that the Feast of the Immaculate Heart is the next day. <clears throat> so it's not just um, only Jesus, but it's Jesus and Mary leading us to better live out our faith. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I appreciate that your your vulnerability and sharing 
your own journey and then, you know, encouraging others to say, imagine if every single Catholic home had an image of the Sacred Heart and every home was striving to live out the virtues, to receive the grace, to have charity that is like his heart and to extend mercy. So it's it's really a beautiful vision for our church, for our society, and, and to change the world. Yeah, I also think it'll change your family tree. So if you're on the fence about enthroning and there is confusion or chaos in your family, I think that the gift of enthroning your home not only changes for yourself and your children, but think about your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren. I think it's the seed that, that will help carry carry that devotion through. Jessica Schmidt, thank you so much for being such a great example uh, in our community and for leading uh, things like the Catholic uh, uh, Women's Conference. Um, And as you were talking a little bit about the the Sacred Heart, um, I'm just struck by when you said the future generations. When we give the example of what we stand for, our kids pay attention, don't they? Yes. Absolutely. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today on this special edition of the Sacred Heart Hour on the Solemnity Feast of the Sacred Heart. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jessica. Bye-bye. So Jessica Schmidt is one of my favorite people of all time. Every time she comes into the studio, she's always beaming and she's picking something up or she's thinking about how she can serve somebody else. And you can see where it comes from. It comes from that commitment to our Lord and that desire to truly honor Him. She really um, highlighted just that simple yes. Yes, I want to learn more. <clears throat> yes, I want to do the enthronement and, and moving moving forward. So I I think that it's, um, you know, the Sacred Heart brings us peace. He brings us joy. He brings us gratitude. And He helps us with, as she mentioned, protection, spiritual protection especially. She talked a little bit also about spiritual stability, and that's one of the chapters in your book, uh, The Ten Ways to Build Stronger, More Loving Relationships, Holy Habits from the Sacred Heart. Uh, Spiritual stability, one of the the quotes that you use here is St. Jose Maria Escriva, and he says, the task for a Christian is to drown out evil— in abundance of good, to drown out evil in the abundance of good. It is not a question of negative campaigns or being anti-anything. On the contrary, we should live positively, full of optimism, with youthfulness, joy, and peace, spiritual stability through the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. Thank you. Um, You know, I felt like in this new book, um, I really felt the importance of highlighting, you know, what the Sacred Heart can do to our hearts and then how it can strengthen these relationships. And I think that this quote from St. Escreva really touched my heart because it's so easy to get on the anti-campaign. It's so easy to get drawn into the negativity of, of what's taking place versus being part of building up the kingdom of God. And and when we do good, such as building up the kingdom of God, promoting the heart of Jesus, promoting his love, you know, doing doing the things that um, build up the kingdom, it brings about such joy. It brings about such satisfaction. And so when he when I read that quote, I thought it was a great place to start this chapter and, and to see that the Lord wants us to be spiritually stable. He wants our homes to be a place of stability 
not just financial stability. Or just getting along. But getting along, not always knowing that this is a place where people are welcome, that there's, there's, you know, I'm not going to be worried walking in the door. Is mom mad? Is dad mad? You know, what's the culture going to be today? We, we need to, to iron that out. So, and I thought that this is, this is a great place to start. You know, and, and the next place you, you talk about in that chapter is that that usually starts with a spiritual shakeup, a recognition that there's something amiss. Yeah, a spiritual shakeup, a lot of times, um, to me, I, it, it can seem as a very negative thing. You know, oh my goodness, you know. But when we pause and believe that all things, um, Jesus can use all things to bring us closer to him, all things can give him glory. We understand, uh, we haven't touched on this yet, but reparation, offering up those sorrows, such as, oh no, I just got diagnosed with cancer, or you know, these difficult trials that every one of us have gone through. There's value because Jesus' wounded heart, he's the most wounded heart, heals. That's the vessel that heals. That's how we are healed is through his wounded heart. So it, it brings such purpose and meaning to everything that we don't have to just say, you know, allow the drama of our day-to-day life lead us. Instead, we can find the spiritual stability and see that there's value in our crosses and our suffering, but but it's going to lead us to a better place, Bill. You know, the, the image of the Sacred Heart is not just the Sacred Heart, which has great, um, great ways to tell us about God's love for us, the burning uh, uh, the burning image, the cross that he's willing to give everything for us, uh, the pierced side that he's exhausted all blood and water for the love of us. He's not shared, uh, saved a drop for himself. Those are all beautiful, but he also has the face and the hands, right? So you're talking about these spiritual shakeups. Perhaps it is a, a diagnosis of cancer, or maybe there's a, a pending divorce or marital strife or uh, struggles with your children. All those things you don't have to do by yourself. You have the hands of Christ, don't you? His Ah, pierced hands. I love that. And, you know, you and I have talked about in the past, sometimes his hands look like, I got this. You know, just just give it to me. And, you know, just let let me work with you. Let me partner in this situation. And sadly, how many times do we turn to the Lord when we're in that moment of sorrow, not in that moment of top of our career, top of our life? It's through those difficulties that awaken the heart and, and really renew our, our love for Christ. So he, he can bring good out of everything. Emily Jaminette wearing a blazoned red hat today with the Sacred Heart image on it. Today is the Solemnity Feast of the Sacred Heart. And this is a special edition of the Sacred Heart Hour. Chuck and Joanne and Father Stosh will be back the first Friday next month. So bear with us a few more minutes. But we're talking about the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. One of your favorite scripture verses is uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, for I know well the plans I have for you, uh, plans for your welfare, not for your woe, so that you can give you a future of hope. Why is that one of your favorites? Well, I think that's what the enthronement is about, is allowing the Lord in so that you can have that future of hope and that he can restore all things. You know, he's enthroned on high for all generations. We read in Psalm 102 as well. He He wants to be the king of our family. He wants to be the king of our nation. And it's interesting because a lot of times we can say, Oh, is it really that simple? <laughs> is it really that easy? It's got to be It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy to strive to live this out. 
But what you are going to find, like we were saying, an abundance of grace. So a lot of times the path that you might be called to walk it will be lighter. It will be easier because of God's grace mm. and and spiritual stability. Spiritual stability, and and that is very very important. That in our witness, in our witness, how do others perceive us? Are we negative, Nelly? Mm. Are we you know difficult to get along with? Are we over particular? But that begins with that inner glance, Bill, of saying, "What's going on in my heart?" And then how are others perceiving my love for them? Is, is it like Jesus's love? And that moment is the moment, hopefully, you know, for me, it was on my knees, like, Lord, I want my heart to be more like you because the tasks at hand is so big to, to love your family, to serve the Lord, to be a faithful witness. You cannot do it through white knuckling your Catholicism. Mm. It's only through inner transformation. White knuckling, boy, that uh, that conjures up some images in my own life. You're <laughs> right. Sometimes we just white knuckle it, but we can have spiritual stability by enthroning our home to the Sacred Heart, opening ourselves up to that uh, process. You can order your package to enthrone your home to the Sacred Heart at welcomeisheart.com. Welcomeisheart.com. We're speaking with Emily Jaminet, the executive director for the um, Sacred Heart Enthronement Network. This is a national network, so you're not only an executive director, you're the national executive director and probably international executive director. Tell me a little bit about this Sacred Heart Revival. There are thousands of people enthroning their homes to the Sacred Heart. It's really a privilege. Um, the Sacred Heart Revival, we started just about six weeks ago, so very, very recent. Um, we have a beautiful map of the United States and people that have committed to promote the enthronement you know, as an individual, as a parish, and you can see where that's growing. So sign up as well, you know, to be able to say, again, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Also, so it's enthronement and then also being a vessel promoting the enthronement as well. And um, I'm just so encouraged. You know, a year ago on this date, you know, we, we got the announcement that Roe v. Wade would be overturned from the Supreme Court a year, you know, and then today we can look at the UC, USCCB and all of these outlets promoting every Catholic to pray the prayer of reparation, the litany. I mean, this is our faith. This is the gift of our faith. This is how the Lord works. We're never going to win through anger and through anxiety. We're going to win through making our hearts meek and humble, prayerful, and then we go forth with action. So the more we're like Jesus, that's, that's the only solution. Uh, today is the Solemnity Feast of the Sacred Heart. This is a special Sacred Heart Hour. We're wrapping up in just a few moments, but I want to remind you before we do that to attend the citywide Mass for the Solemnity Feast of the Sacred Heart uh, tonight at 6.30 at the Sacred Heart Church on Hamlet Street in the Victorian Village area. And then after the Mass, there will be a citywide Sacred Heart procession, Eucharistic procession, three blocks away to St. John the Baptist. Uh, there'll be a benediction and then conversation and food afterwards. So please attend that tonight. But most importantly, I want to encourage you to order your enthronement packet today. Welcomeisheart.com. This is the month of the Sacred Heart, and you need, I need spiritual stability in our homes and in our relationships and with our children, and you can do that through trusting yourself to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Emily, any parting words as we finish up this hour? Well, I also think that, you know, we can make a difference in the life of our family members. If somebody is suffering with a diagnosis, a divorce, like you said, and they reveal that to you, don't just hold that. Pray with them and then 
offer them the hope of Jesus Christ through getting the image up and then leading to enthronement. So we all are invited to partner and promote this devotion. And I just want to share this this final quote. The Sacred Heart contains the love of God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. His heart is where humanity and divinity come together in beaten unison. And when we enthrone the Sacred Heart as the center of our home, the beating of that loving heart becomes the focal point of faith, strengthen us and endures life difficult experiences, and we are better able to live out our Catholic faith. And we're going to be joining uh, Teresa Tamio in just a moment, but thank you for joining us this morning for this special edition of the Sacred Heart Hour. This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820 on WVSG Columbus and FM88.3 WSGR New Boston, Portsmouth.